What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Air. Here's a quick synopsis. Nike, led by executive Sonny Vaccaro, attempts to sign Michael Jordan to be their first prominent basketball player and the first to get a shoe built around him. The film stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker, Matthew Marr, Chris Messina, and Marlon Wayans. Standout performances. One thought I had watching this movie is the special thing about Matt Damon is not only is he a major movie star who can play heroic characters like Jason Bourne and smart guys like Will Hunting, Damon also has the ability to play the everyman, especially lately in 2021. He played Bill Baker in Stillwater, a regular guy trying to help out his daughter. In an air, he plays Sonny Vaccaro, who, although works for a big company in Nike, is willing to break some rules in order to get what he wants. The man is a gambler who clearly likes to risk it all for something he believes in. Damon's charm and charisma really gets you to root for this guy and all. Although he's playing a normal guy, he's still given some movie star moments. Specifically, he is given an all-time great sports movie speech during the end of the movie. Damon's next films are Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and The Instigators with Casey Affleck directed by Doug Liman, who helmed the first Bourne movie. This movie air has a classic Viola Davis performance. Before she was a leading actress, she was a scene stealer in Traffic and and doubt she has the ability to totally take over a movie and it was great seeing her share scenes with Matt Damon these are two of the best actors working today and Air Davis is given the honor of playing Dolores Jordan the mother of Michael who like most mothers believes in her son the difference is her son turned out to be as good as she guaranteed Davis will next have a role in the Hunger Games prequel The Ballad of Song Birds and Snakes with Rachel Zegler Tom Blake and Hunter Schaefer and as for someone who is a massive fan of that franchise I'm intrigued by this prequel and hopes it lives up to my high expectations. I'm not really a big fan of what Davis has done in blockbusters. I think she's misused in the Suicide Squad movies. She barely showed up in The Rock's Black Adam. I mean she is yet to give one of her signature performances in one of these massive blockbusters. I hope she does it in the Hunger Games prequel. This is the first time Ben Affleck has acted in a movie he's directed and not played the leading role, and that was a wise choice. He's great playing Nike founder Phil Knight. He has the essence of what we all think CEOs in the 80s felt like, well-composed, weirdly dressed, and overall zen. Affleck, for my money, is on his best run as an actor. 2021, he had both George Clooney's The Tender Bar and Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, and was far and away the best part of both movies and is one of the best parts of Air. Affleck will next star in Hypnotic from Robert Rodriguez and is set to play Batman presumably for the final time in the upcoming Flash movie. Affleck has told the media that he believes he did his best work as Bruce Wayne in this movie. Jason Bateman is an actor best known for his work on television, Arrested Development and Ozark and for leading the comedies Horrible Bosses and Game Night but for me, his most memorable performances in films have been in supporting roles in the drama State of Play also with Ben Affleck. He's an underrated aspect of Juno and Up in the Air, 
both directed by Jason Reitman. In Air, he plays Nike marketing director Rob Strasser, and while Bateman brings his signature style of comedy to the film, he also grounds the film with emotions. His character conveys what a risk it was for this company, then at the time behind competitors Adidas and Converse, risking it all for one basketball player. I would argue this is Bateman's best film performance. Bateman's next film is Carry On with Taron Egerton. I grew up love watching Chris Tucker in the Rush Hour films with Jackie Chan, and the comedian also starred in the first Friday movie with Ice Cube, and Ben Affleck as a director clearly knows how to best use him as a performer. He's hilarious as Howard White, who works on the team trying to recruit Michael Jordan. It's Tucker's first movie in seven years, and a great reintroduction to one of the funniest guys on planet Earth. I personally hope this leads to a career resurgence. The first scene between him and Matt Damon and Air is pure magic. And finally, Chris Messina might not be a super well-known name, but he's a great character actor. His films include Greenberg, Ruby Sparks, Birds of Prey, I Care A Lot, and has done, in my opinion, his best work with Ben Affleck as his director. He's one of the best things about the Oscar-winning Argo, and in Air, he plays an hilariously over-the-top agent David Falk, who represents Jordan. His performance was reminiscent of Ari Gold and Entourage. Air is the first movie directed by Ben Affleck since the failure that was Live By Night. This re-establishes himself as a top-tier filmmaker, and his greatest strength as a director is getting great supporting performances. For me, that's what separates great movies from other films. Tons of films have great leading performances. The best movies are the ones where the secondary characters are interesting enough to have their own movies. And that's something that's in Affleck's other films. Gone Baby Gone has Amy Ryan, who was nominated for an Oscar, Morgan Freeman, who's great, especially in the final moments of the film, and Ed Harris, who is always great. The Town has Jeremy Renner, who was Oscar nominated, along with John Hamm in my favorite of his film roles, and Argo's supporting cast is stacked. Alan Arkin, who you guessed it, received an Oscar nomination, John Goodman, Brian Cranston, and the aforementioned Chris Messina, and Air has that same great ensemble that Affleck takes full advantage of. It's also the first movie Affleck has directed his friend and longtime collaborator Matt Damon, and I'm glad this duo is back to consistently make movies. Way more people should have seen them in Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. I also want to mention one of their most underrated films as actors together, Kevin Smith's Dogma. We all know Goodwill Hunting. We all know that they both appeared in School Ties. If you have not seen Dogma, do yourself a favor because they are hysterical together in that film. Let's talk about the Nike angle of this movie. It's interesting to see that there was a time when they were irrelevant in the sport of basketball and how they would have stayed that way if not for this deal. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about how they don't want to see a movie about a giant company and I understand that. I don't feel that way though. This is a fascinating origin story. Still to this day, one of the most powerful companies in all of sports. I mean, think how big Nike is. They're the ones dropping athletes now. They're the ones who are the most powerful shoe company in all of sports. And it's all because one guy convinced them that this guy coming out of college was about to become the face of the NBA. I mean, think about how crazy that sounds. I mean, Michael Jordan did not put up the same numbers.
numbers in college that he ends up doing in the NBA, and that's mostly because of Dean Smith's system. We all know that now, but at the time to pick him to be the next face of the NBA is insane to do. Michael Jordan himself barely appears in the movie, and my thoughts on the film did not need much more of him in it. It's a movie about a struggling shoe company. If you want to watch the story about Michael Jordan, you should watch the excellent documentary series The Last Dance. This is a movie about Nike becoming the Nike we know them to be today and them not even realizing it. I mean, Phil Knight is just going on the word of Sonny Vaccaro. I mean, there is a version of this story that goes sideways. Like, if Michael Jordan just turned out being an average basketball player who averaged, let's say, 15 points per game, then Nike might be out of business, but instead, he turns into the six-time NBA Finals MVP. He turns into the multiple-times MVP of the regular season. He turns into the greatest basketball player of all time. If he was just another guy, let's say he made two all-star teams and was okay, Nike might be out of business. The only way that this deal makes sense is if Michael Jordan became what he became. A ton of reviews have compared Air to Moneyball, and to a certain degree, I see it, but this movie has a lot more comedy in it, which I was impressed by and felt like it was much needed because nobody wanted a deadly serious movie about a shoe deal, and I think Ben Affleck understood that. I think Moneyball is a bit more emotional because it's about the Brad Pitt character, it's about the Oakland A's failure, it's about the change of the guard in baseball. I think that movie has funny elements, but I think that movie is a lot more dramatic than Air. I think Ben Affleck understood that Air needed to be more comedic than most sports movies because of the subject matter. Nobody was going to take this movie seriously, so you needed a Chris Tucker character. You needed an over-the-top agent played by Chris Messina. This movie needed its comedic elements, or it would have fallen apart. Amazon the company that helped make the movie decided to put this movie into theaters before it arrives on Prime Video and that feels like the right decision. Air opened with $20 million its opening week domestically and it's a movie with a good word of mouth so that should give it legs in the weeks to come. Oscar chances. Many of the Oscar predictors are saying Air is the first movie of 2023 that has a legitimate chance of winning Best Picture. I would also be shocked if none of the performances get nominated. The ones that have the best chances are Matt Damon for leading actor, Jason Bateman and Viola Davis for supporting actor and actress respectively, and one would have to imagine Ben Affleck has a chance to get nominated for Best Director. He was previously snubbed for Argo, even though the film went on to win Best Picture. As good as I think this movie is, I don't see it as a Best Picture winning film. I think it's a crowd pleaser. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there are going to be better movies in 2023. I think people get trapped in the moment because this is the first really good movie of the year. They start to say, well, this is the movie that's going to win Best Picture. I could see this movie getting nominated. I would be shocked if there are 10 better movies that come out in 2023. But for it to win Best Picture, I think way too many things would have to go its way. I think it would have to make over 
over $100 million at the box office. I think it would have to be a success there. I think it would have to be super popular among the voters. I just don't see this movie winning Best Picture. But I could see a world where not only are these performances nominated, but some of them win. I think Matt Damon is due to win Best Leading Actor. It's kind of a crime that he hasn't already won. And I would absolutely love for Ben Affleck to win Best Director. I am a fan of most of his films. Argo won Best Picture. I think that's his like third best movie. I love The Town. Gone Baby Gone is always really good, especially that film's ending. More people need to check in on that one. I have not seen Live By Night. I know that it's probably really bad. I think this guy is one of the best actor-directors of all time. I think he's up there with the Clint Eastwoods. Like, this guy knows how to make a really solid film, and that's what Air is. It's the type of movie that gets you because of the subject matter. Like, we're all interested in how this tiny company got Michael Jordan. That's a really interesting story, but it gets you by how good the making of the movie is, and there's a lot of talk about Matt Damon's and Ben Affleck's new company, and I find that all to be really interesting. I think at the end of the day, these are two guys who really know how to make good movies because they've been doing it for 30 years. I mean, Ben Affleck has had a million ups and downs throughout his career, but I think when his name is on a movie, he knows what he's doing now. He's in that prime spot in his career where he's not going to add his name to anything bad. And Matt Damon is in that same realm. I mean, he adds his name to really good movies recently, like Ford v. Ferrari. Like I said, he's going to show up in Oppenheimer. There's no chance that these two are going to come together to make something that's not memorable. They've been in the business for far too long to make something that you don't like. And I personally knew this movie was going to be very good when Viola Davis added her name to it. You can say all you want about Ben Affleck as a director, but these top-tier actors want to work with this guy, and I want to see more of my favorite actors work with Ben Affleck, because I think he gets amazing performances, sometimes out of underrated people, but sometimes out of really great people. Like, this is a different kind of Viola Davis performance. And when talking about this movie, I think you also have to talk about the shoe itself. I mean, Air Jordans have dominated the culture for as long as I can remember. I am 28 years old, and I have never lived in a world where Air Jordans were not the most dominant sneaker. I mean, Michael Jordan has been done playing in the NBA for over 20-something years now, and yet everyone still wants that shoe because they told him this is going to make you bigger than life itself, and it's basically what happened. I mean, this was a great deal for both parties because Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever, and he's still getting boatloads of money because of this shoe deal. I mean, both parties got away with everything when it comes to this deal. I mean, Nike became relevant because of this deal, and they just happened to get the greatest basketball player of all time. And now the greatest basketball player of all time has this shoe deal that's never going to end. I mean, Michael Jordan was always going to be rich for the rest of his life, but I think this shoe deal made him the billionaire he is today, and it's what inspired other people to become these kind of moguls. I know Magic Johnson was a mogul, but the shoe really made Michael Jordan a mogul, and I think it made LeBron James a mogul. Like, this 
this made the shoe deal one of the most prominent things in all of basketball. Even today, whenever an elite basketball player is a shoe-free agent, there's talks about, ooh, will Steph Curry end up with Nike? No, he ends up going to Under Armour. I mean, that's how big these deals are to these athletes. To get a signature shoe, it's still a massive, massive deal, and that's all because of Michael Jordan, and that's all because of Nike. And why this is a big deal for these athletes, and I don't want to spoil it, is because Michael Jordan and his mother saw that there was money to be made in the shoe itself for the athlete, that they get a piece of the profit. I mean, think about how big that is for the athlete, that not all of their money comes from a one-time offer, that they continue to make money. For every shoe that's sold, Michael Jordan is continuing to make money. I cannot stress that enough. Michael Jordan has not played basketball since 2003, yet he continues to make money off of people buying his signature shoe. I mean, athletes owe a lot to this shoe deal. I mean, this is the biggest deal in the history of shoe deals in sports. It's one of the biggest endorsement deals in sports history. That's why it's a memorable movie. Overall, the most exciting thing about Air is the fact that it's about a gambling man making a risk that pays off. Like, if Jordan did not become an all-time great, this shoe deal would have been such a complete disaster. But instead, he turned out to be the best basketball player of all time. That's the movie itself. You're watching this movie, and yes, you know what happened. You know that Michael Jordan went on to become the greatest basketball player ever. But like me, when watching, you'll wonder, what if he just became another guy? Nike would probably no longer exist. We wouldn't know the name Phil Knight. None of this would have mattered. It's because of what he did on the court that changed the history of that company. Nike owes its existence to the existence of Michael Jordan because if he never came to them, they would have just been just another shoe company. They weren't getting the Larry Birds at the time. They weren't getting the Patrick Ewings. They weren't getting the guys that everyone knew would become stars. But because they bet on a kid who became the number two pick who Portland didn't want to draft, they made bank. The last thing I'll say about this movie, and I want to reiterate this thought, is that Ben Affleck made this movie the way it was supposed to be made, as a crowd-pleasing, funny movie. Like I said earlier, no one wants to watch a movie about a dramatic shoe deal. Sonny Vaccaro is a fun character to follow. He's a guy who clearly is invested in making something different. He's not really a company man. He's about his love of basketball. And it's that love of basketball that got him to discover the name Michael Jordan. I mean, there's that great scene where he's watching Michael Jordan hit that game-winning shot against Georgetown. I mean, that was one of my favorite scenes of the movie because he just understood that Michael Jordan performs under pressure like no one else. He was able to discover without the stats that this guy was made for the clutch moments and that's the kind of guy you want to represent your company and it completely changed the history of Nike according to the movie the company was on the verge of getting rid of its basketball department think about Nike without basketball
basketball that just doesn't make sense. They are the signature basketball shoe, and that's all because of one Michael Jordan. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out the movie Air. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the biggest movie on the planet right now, the Super Mario Brothers movie starring Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jack Black, and Seth Rogen. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you.